We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Long time no talk. Another episode of the Corner Podcast. It's been two weeks. It feels like it's been forever. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. It is WrestleMania week. I'm in New York already about to check out my Yankees. Dre gets in shortly. It's going to be a wild, wild week. But we got other stuff to talk about beyond wrestling to start off the show. And Dre, I got married. Yeah, you did, man. Um, what a special moment. The reverse Rat Pack was in the full effect, uh, representing. Uh, it was wedding mania. Congratulations. I'm, I'm really happy for you, man. I, it was great to see uh, you and Elena finally tie that knot. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I guess you're going to have to take everybody through what happened because it, it went to uh, kayfabe real quick. Yeah, it really did. Um, one, since we've been married, it's been almost what, two days now, so 48 hours, I've almost lost my ring three times. Hmm. So it's a good chance she's going to kill me. I have to stop taking this thing off to, like, do stuff. So that that's off rip. So if you guys don't hear me for next week's show, it's because she killed me and left me here in New York. Um, no, nah, but the, the wedding itself was amazing. The day was great. Um, wedding planners came through. The crib that I rented out for the wedding was really dope. Um, transformed the whole backyard, the like little gazebo thing turned into a wrestling ring. We got married inside of there. Big Mac, Ryan McKinnell, wore the Rey Mysterio mask with his beard hanging out the bottom to marry us. That was really dope. Uh, a lot of our vows had like little wrestling touches in it. Um, like I said, Reverse Rat Pack was there. Every Everyone came through. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, my day was a little hectic. Um, 
my caterers were very weird and like three days before were charging like insane amounts of money for small amounts of food and I went for like my second tasting and I was just like it's still not right so uh, I got my deposit back and I decided to cook for the entire wedding so I woke up that morning and I cooked the Puerto Rican food I was going to buy for the entire wedding that was actually easy so I cooked for 100 people and the food was kind of bomb so that that was good um the only thing I forgot was ice so when the reverse rat pack was pulling up I was driving away like half an hour before the wedding was supposed to start and everyone was looking at me like I'm a weirdo so I had to you know give them the peace sign like yo don't worry I'll be right back so everyone was laughing at me for that I ran out got ice came back got dressed beautiful moment um the end of the night kind of ended on a weird note uh like Dre said my grandma had an accident uh she fell down these long stairs like these grand stairs that were inside the venue and uh kind of cracked her head open on the banister halfway down and wasn't responsive so we had to call 911 and I kind of like lost my shit. I talk about my grandma here on the podcast all the time. Like I wouldn't be doing anything in combat sports if it wasn't for her and getting us the legal cable box when I was younger. So we could watch uh, every wrestling pay-per-view, every boxing pay-per-view um, that they had. And we were in the crib where we threw parties. And to this day, I have the zone for her and ESPN Plus and all this wildness. She's the reason I'm into combat sports. And uh, so, yeah, to see her in that position and, it was just crazy. It was. It, it looked like Austin versus Bret Hart amounts of blood like on her face when I picked her up from the stairs. So like, my entire wedding suit is just covered in blood now. Uh, but I'm keeping it that way. I hung it up in my closet, so I'm not gonna clean it. So yeah, that that was like a scary moment. Um, in the moment, I was like freaking the fuck out. I was like, man, like this this would be horrible because with that much blood, the shit looks weird. And I was like, ah, oh, my grandma can't die on my wedding day. That'd just be the worst fucking thing ever. Um, but turns out she just has massive concussion and one broken rib. So she, I joked on Instagram that she she took a good bump, showed a little color. Um, she she felt like she had to add to the festivities by taking the bump. But uh, no, nah, in all realness, that shit was scary. So that that was um that was a crazy crazy moment for me and a weird way to end the night. But, I mean, looking back, like, the wedding itself and everyone had fun, everyone came through, everyone showed so much support. That shit was a blast. The wedding itself was everything I wanted. It, it ended weird at the end of the night, but my grandma's doing a lot better already. Uh, let's see, we're recording this right now, and she's getting out of the hospital in two hours. Man, that's good so, to hear. Yeah, that's, so she's keep... walking around, eating, talking, all that. She FaceTimed me a little while ago. You keep using the word weird, man. That's horrific. Like it's that's frightening. And yeah, I mean, you you're in good spirits, and I give you that, man. And I, I guess you have to be. But yeah, that that was scary. When you sent the the message that she came that she fell on the stairs, obviously, you know, we were all concerned. Um, you know, nobody ever wants something to happen, you know, to anybody on any given day. But on your wedding day, it's that much. You got your family there. You have the kids there. Um, it's a lot. So I'm just really happy that, that you guys, you know, had a great wedding. She's pulling through and is going to going to be OK, because obviously me and my wife, that's what we were worried about. Um, but one thing's for sure, you will never forget that day. No, no, because I don't remember anything. And I tell people this all the time. And I said on this podcast, I don't remember a thing from my first wedding. 
Like it was just, I, I just blanked it out. Like in my mind, it was just gone. Like it, I don't remember a thing. This wedding, I remember everything. Like uh, every little detail, for better or worse, in 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 keeping in wedding theme. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely memorable, and it was easily one of the best days of my life. And then arguably the scariest day of my life because I don't freak out over anything. I'm like super even keel. I like I you know I just I roll with the punches. I'm not like over just emotional about things. Um, you know, working in news for now three years and then fucking going to nursing school before then, like I've seen a lot. So nothing's going to like really freak me out. That freaked me out. Um, just cause my grandmother, and like I said, like it, everyone around me knows like it's, and we talk about all the time, like how your grandmother raised you. And I was in New York with my grandmother and my, my two grandmothers are, are kind of my world. And, you know, now Elena, and you know, kids aside, like my kiddos are my number one priority as well. But they're they're on that like pantheon for me. So um, yeah, just seeing my grandma in that state was was crazy. And I've been fortunate, you know, to be an only child for a long time. Um, so my baby sister now, who's also at the wedding, uh, came about. But yeah, not nah, like everyone in my family super young. We all had kids super young. My grandma had my my mom at twenty. My mom had me at seventeen. I had my kids super young. So we're we're all there. We're all still relatively young. Um, we haven't had like death in the family. I've I've had one aunt die. She died last year. My entire life. Um, my grandmother's mother died when I was three. I remember tons of shit about her. But we went a span of like twenty seven years without someone dying in my immediate family. So I d I've never been to funerals. We haven't had, you know, people die of old age or anything crazy. So I and uh, yeah, I wasn't prepared for that one. But um, it, it turns out that it was good. My kid's godmother's a nurse. She was able to get like the situation under control. Um, everyone else there who was fan was helping out. It's just, and that's what it felt. The whole the whole night just felt like. And weddings are crazy, so I was pulled in every direction. I had to talk to everyone, and the shit was hectic. But it felt like everyone there was family, and they were. Like I, we didn't invite friends to the wedding. It was a hundred family members. And that's that's what that shit felt like. So it it was fun, man. I mean, I loved it and uh, made sure my grandma's OK, set her all up. She's going to be at the crib. Um, my mom stayed an extra week so I can come out and enjoy these mania festivities. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, which we'll be talking about um, in the coming weeks. But this is a big week for us as a show, um, as a duo and going forward. So I, I wouldn't miss it at all. So um Grandma talked to me today, and she was she was so glad that I was able to come out uh, and kind of continue on with what I had planned. So it's going to be a, a crazy week here. It's going to be a, a fun week, and I, I can't wait to see what New York has in store. Um, that wasn't the only sour note, though. And I remember, shit, after I said our vows, and then we had our first dance, I was like, cool, me and Elena kind of parted our ways again to you know, meet and greet family. I came over to you guys and you looked at me and told me, you're like, yo, Nipsey Hussle was shot and killed. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I just, I didn't even grasp it. I was like, because obviously, you know, Nipsey and, and gang banging and all this shit, but he wasn't doing that now. Like, he wasn't like a, you know, he, he becomes such a positive force in that realm. Kind of like Snoop, you know, like, Snoop's still on his crip shit, but it's so positive with gang 
you know, listen, don't gang bang or both gangs come together. It's about community. Even if you're in a gang, blood, crip, whatever, like we gonna stand side by side. It's about our community, bettering the black community in LA. And Nipsey was kind of like the, the young version of that. And I was just so confused that then to hear the details, see a lot of stuff you wrote, the, the shit doesn't get easier with time. We're what we're four days removed from that, three days removed, and I'm still just as puzzled as ever. Yeah, man. Um, it was tough, man. I mean, it was one of those things, you know, obviously we were at the wedding, so you know, everybody's not trying to ruin the day with that kind of news. But uh as the days have gone on, yeah, <clears throat> it's just been uh it's been difficult because I've dealt with Nipsey over the years. It's not like we were tight or anything, but you know, we've done numerous interviews. Um, I was once in position back in 2013 that I was producing a documentary series for Jay-Z's Life and Times called My City, Your City. And uh, Nipsey was going to be my first subject. And we had talked it out. It was really all about um, the first time I heard about Nipsey, which was, I think, through Davey D, a legendary hip hop journalist, for those who don't know, had interviewed him, I th- want to say in 2006, when he was 21. And this, this video actually started circulating on the Internet um, after his passing. Colin Kaepernick had posted it. But uh, Davey had did this interview and he asked Nipsey where his Julie was at. And Davey, if people that know Davey, Davey jokes. He's a very progressive, socially conscious journalist and he'll poke fun at certain things. But. He knew Nipsey beforehand, but he, he was poking to see to, to get this response out of him. And Nipsey's immediate response was like, jewelry is a liability. You need to have assets. You need to have real estate. You need to reinvest in your community. He's 21 at the time of this interview. And uh, that's what got me put on the Nipsey. And I, you know, I heard, when I was at BET, I heard about uh, I heard Killer when he collaborated with with, uh, with Drake, um, I believe. J-Rock or one of those guys that played something for me because um, I, I, you know, he had his little Bulls Got No Name um, mixtape series was out. Um, and it, it's it's tough because, yeah, you know, he was part of the culture. But the thing about the documentary that we wanted to focus on is that there's some kids that were born into gang culture and Nipsey was one of them. And uh, that doesn't mean that you gangbang, but, it, you know, you know, Crip is for some people just a way of life. Like Snoop is going to forever be a Crip. It's like a frat for yeah. some people. Yeah. And and for Nipsey, he was always on the positive end of the spectrum. He got locked up, I believe, when he was 17. Um, and a funny story that he's, he's told, and I know some people maybe heard about this, is that uh, he had mentioned that there's no $100 million dr- drug dealers. Drug dealers don't become millionaires and billionaires. He was like, you know who does? People who sell hair. And that's when he opened the marathon store in the Crenshaw district. One of his first goals was to sell hair for women because that's where the money's at. He was like, you know, there's too much that comes along with selling drugs. You can't become a millionaire doing that. So Nipsey was always about reinvesting in the community. And our our documentary was going to be about him being in the community, providing jobs for those and trying to leave this world a better place than when he was brought into it. And. It was called My City, Your City because he remained in Crenshaw. And one of the things that I talked to him about was, it's like, man, you know how dangerous it is to stay there? Because as your profile grows, you may become a target. And he kind of was just like, I know, but I have to do this. And it's scary because most people leave once you get money. And you, you can't necessarily blame people, especially when situations like this happen. Because now Nipsey has been killed by the very community that he was trying to uplift 
financially. He was providing jobs. You know, he had the, the STEM program where kids were, you know, learning biology and chemistry and other, other things that they're underserviced in. Like Nipsey was truly a pillar in the community. All of my interactions with Nipsey were nothing but positive. You know, we shot a uh, at South by Southwest. I posted a picture, which is which was eerie to me, like two and a half weeks ago. I posted a picture on Facebook that came across um, in my photos of me and Nipsey. We were shooting uh, Decoded. He was uh, breaking down the lyrics to Face the World. They did with Ninth Wonder. And we were in Austin, mm-hmm. Texas, and we were shooting that. And we had just, we were just talking. And I was just like, man, like this dude is really special. Um, there's not too many people like him that are truly selfless and truly believe in giving back to the community and truly from him selling his Crenshaw mixtapes for a hundred bucks a pop and selling out of those to yeah, that was every- genius marketing. Like yeah, he, I mean, he just always just off the norm. He's so ahead of the curve. yo. He did so many things his way. He, he was, I mean, there was, there weren't too many people that were as progressive as Nipsey was and truly believed in himself and believed in his community and to know that some fucking clown wanted to remove him from this earth and wanted like it's affecting me and I didn't even know him like that. But, you know, Lauren London, his kids, um, the people that he's helped most, the people that have been close to him, like for one fucking guy to take him away for all the positive he's done. It's just it's so selfish. It's not even like police brutality where the excuse could be like, you know, maybe the cop was scared. He was scared of black people. Or mm-hmm. some shit like that, which is complete bullshit, but it's at least some kind of excuse. Somebody targeted Nipsey and wanted to remove him from the planet. And I don't fucking know why. So this one hurts, man. It's like rappers die like, you know, Mac Miller passed. Um, somebody else that I met and interacted with over the years. And that was tough. But this is this is different. This is senseless. Yeah, it's like this is completely senseless violence of our own community taking our own. And, you know, the stories that have come out of this and obviously it's it's. It's been mostly positive because everybody's written these stories about how Nipsey affected them. And Karen Civil, who's a friend of mine, like I feel for her because she was really close with Nipsey. Um, but it, it sucks, man. It really sucks. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm being long winded about this, but it, it's, it's been really bothering me the last few days, man. It's, I don't know when it's going to ever get better. No, I. So many young rappers are, are gone too early, too. And these are guys who are. are you know, they've, they've gone through the growing process. They're becoming pillars of the community. They're being outspoken about their struggles, whether it was Mac with, you know, the drug addiction and trying to get clean and, and help others and, and battle some of the things he struggled with. To Nipsey with gangbanging and telling people there's another way, there's some way to do better and trying to implement those. It, it's just, it, it's rough, man, to see these things happening just on the regular now. And and it shouldn't be like that. And this, yeah, man, this one, this one's gonna take a while to digest. And you know, like the one thing that I haven't even mentioned is this music. I mean, like I talked about him being a community, but this man made dope music. I mean, he mm-hmm. finally got recognized after all these years and the labels issues that he had. He finally dropped his debut album last year, Victory Lap, and they got nominated for a Grammy. Something he worked on for damn near seven years. And I did a piece on Billboard with the producers um, about the futuristics about that project and how much work went into it and how how Nipsey was hang, hands on and how Rap Niggas is one of my favorite songs from last year. It's one of the hardest songs from last year. And we just talking about the creation of that song and his music was excellent. Yeah. So it's just like to lose this man and, and what he brought, it's it's gonna take a while for us to get over this one, man. It's 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 gonna take a while because he Joe, was truly hitting his his stride. Joe Budden had one of the best posts I saw 
And he was like, the real measure of what makes Nipsey different when you see these like RP posts and everything is that there aren't stock photos. Like right. so many people are posting photos arm in arm with Nipsey. Or, you know, I talked to him or, you know, just pictures with him, actual photos. And he was like, that's who the guy was. He, he met everyone. He was there to speak to anyone. He was accessible. He was touchable. And that's what made him so great. And that's why his impact is felt so much. And I was like, damn, that's right. Like every like my boy, my best friend Ray got pictures with him, interviewing him for a sneaker blog. See you with pictures of South by Southwest. Every everyone had personal connection in some way or another. Like my yeah. cousin Brandon, who came to my wedding, had to leave early because they were just talking about music in a deal. And uh he helps like book the little Palms Casino joint, the studio time and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Nipsey was coming out here to work on some music. Yeah. And he did studio time in the Palms Casino. And it went from, yo, finding out, and he had to leave the wedding early. Because they were just talking about a deal the night before with his manager. It's unbelievable, man. Like, crazy shit. But the personal connection to everyone is there. And uh, to see Russell Westbrook last night drop 20, 20, and 20, and, and really get that, you know, that the 60s vibes going, that, that shit's crazy. Yeah. That, that's one of those, like, oh, yeah. Like, this, this – doesn't happen a lot in sports but that dedication meant something absolutely man absolutely so um yeah man uh, just a yeah just a tough weekend all around um in that regard but let's see we gotta talk combat sports <laughs> to follow all, all that stuff up um i, I want to talk a little bit about paulie slapping artem which that shit was crazy and, and rumble johnson looking just ginormous in these photos like if his next stop's not the wwe i don't know what he's doing with his life um but also what i'm looking at now on twitter which seems to captivate a lot of people is this khabib connor back and forth and khabib's latest post calling connor mcgregor just flat out a rapist and posting a picture of him and a woman um you know with like his hands on a woman's pants and blah 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 and a lot of people are saying, yo, we've reached a line where this is going too far. This is more than sport. This is more than trash talk. Yeah. And the way the other one ended and how personal. And we said Connor got way too personal. And it looks as though Khabib is now reaching into that realm. And a lot of people are reaching in that realm. It, is it even smart to book another fight? I mean, I said it before, man. I, I don't think so. Like, if the UFC is going, like, they're going to be out for the money grab and then they're going to do it. But the first one ended kind of definitively and then became a goddamn schmoz with everybody fighting. That you really don't need a rematch unless Connor were to prove himself worthy of that position, which would have made sense if they would have booked perhaps a Connor Cowboy fight and then maybe a Connor Tony Ferguson fight to work his way back in? Because if somebody like Tyron Woodley can't get an immediate rematch, Connor McGregor shouldn't either. So <laughs> I don't and, and the way this this feud and this rivalry has become so vitriolic and it, it, it was so much nastiness between both sides. And Connor's playing the game, and that's the other side of the coin, is that Connor's playing the game. Khabib is not. This is not a game to him. And this is not a game to his crew. And, it, it, you know, the whole bus incidents with Connor, that's kind of a game to him. Yeah, he raged out, but he's, he knows how to promote a fight. Khabib's not in the business of promoting fights. Like, you touch the wrong people, 
things might happen. And yeah. for, for, for that reason, it, it, it's usually, I mean, it's usually not even the people that are feuding, it's the people that surround them. Like, if so, if you look at what happened, I'll go with the Artem Pauly thing the other day, where Pauly smacked Artem Lobov, and it seems like they're eventually going to fight because they're both in bare-knuckle fighting championships now. So we're going to get a Pauly versus Artem fight, but it's gonna it dissolves into the other people surrounding them. And it's so ugly that, yeah, it, it's gone kind of far. And I, I mean, I don't know what the breaking point is. You know, it's like to book these guys in another fight and to have another round of promotional, like a promo tour would be ridiculous. Conor and Khabib don't need to fight right now. Yeah, no, I I think they really need to cool off. If if Conor comes back and, again, you know, co-main offer is a kind of slap of slap in the face to him. Um, so that's, you know, I understand why you turned that down and allegedly retired. I don't believe that shit for one second. But... I would say putting these two immediately back into the octagon, like they they need something else to take their mind off of it. Fans need something else because now the last fight we came into it and it was a little bit of tension in the arena, and then when, when that shit exploded at the end, it was hostile, like people getting slept. This the t- the the hostility is there from moment one, and it's going to be ramped up to what? To like right. danger levels, because the fans can't separate it, and, and that's where shit gets scary. So I I don't know how you can really run this back. I I think Connor and Nate have to fight again, um, if that's a possibility, or you know find a way for Connor to fight, um, Cowboy later in the year, and give could be you know Tony Ferguson or this interim champion who's coming up, just give them a quick break in separation. Yeah. And then bring them back together. If Connor still wants to fight, Connor doesn't have to fight. And if no, Connor doesn't want to fight anymore, then guess what? We all move on. We we make the next big star. Connor has made people of our ilk a lot of money. Yeah. So did Ronda. Ronda's moved on. We've all moved on from Ronda in UFC. I personally like Ronda in WWE. It has nothing to do with my floor seats for this weekend. <laughs> but but you know like. There's life after the UFC, and I I think for Connor, like it's going too far for Connor and Khabib. Like shit's gonna get real. Like I don't need to see fucking one of Connor's best friends stabbed or something. Cause yeah. the the little blonde Brazilian kid is is on his way. He talks way too much shit. It's it's a lot, man. Like it's, it, it's just yeah, like it's about to get real gangster beef. And we don't we don't need that in the sport. So yeah, I don't want to see them. Um, Paulie versus Artem, I will see. Pa- Paulie slapped the shit out of him, and then Connor released the photos of their sparring with Paulie all lumped up. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I mean, it's Connor, man. He's he he knows how to promote. He knows how to market himself. But it's just sometimes shit goes too far. So relax. Yeah, yeah. This is fun natured though with Paulie. The, the other stuff can go by the wayside. Um, before I take this quick break, I want to touch on two fights over the past two weeks since uh, we've been on our last show. That kind of surprised me. Uh, pretty sure they surprised you as well. Wonder Boy getting knocked out, which we were at your crib for your surprise birthday party a month after your birthday, which was <laughs> super dope. Uh, and Wonder Boy got knocked out. And we didn't see that coming at all from uh, you know, a smaller Anthony Pettis. Who looked, you know, who was getting tagged by Wonder Boy, and Wonder Boy had to escape with what 13 seconds left in that round, 
after playing chess and dominating, uh, you know, a chess match and got caught with a Superman punch off the cage and he was flat. Yeah, man, listen. Look, nobody ever said Anthony Pettis didn't have the skill. I just questioned his desire and his, his you know, his training and everything else. But he was getting pieced up. And yeah. he, he he did some ninja shit and caught, <laughs> caught Wonder Boy slipping. So, I mean, the whole, well, you know, some people are like, well, Anthony Pettis could be, you know, welterweight title contender. I mean, yeah. I don't see it. I don't. I think he's too small. Like, you compare Pettis to somebody like uh, Woodley and you're like, nah, I don't see it. But... It does make the division pretty interesting. Um, I mean, Usman wrestles the shit out of him, and it's not I, even close. Look, look, I'll tell you what. I know, I know they're going with Woodley versus Lawler, but I wouldn't mind Pettis versus Lawler. I wouldn't mind Pettis with anybody that's going to stand up and fight him. <laughs> yeah, I mean those those are tailor made to make it competitive. Yeah, so like, we can you we look can at do someone those. who's going to just take him down. Like Pettis, Damian, Maya doesn't even work. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but yeah, yeah, none of us saw that coming, you know, uh, and Wonder Boy was a guy who back when I think we did one of our early episodes, I pegged him as a future champion. He was really close to beating Tyron Woodley, but it, now he's lost, you know, a few fights in a row, three in a row now. Yep. And he's got to, you know, reevaluate his uh, place in the division. So, yeah, that was a mess. Yeah, man, it's that that was crazy. And then the other one came this past weekend, Eddie Alvarez. Makes his one debut and gets mowed over. And I was like, what? It was the first round of this tournament. They invested a lot in him. Um, but then I remembered, you know what? He lost his UFC debut too. Yeah, so I mean. Can't put all the eggs into that basket. But even Demetrius Johnson looked a little out of whack. Look, 1FC has a lot of talent. And. Eddie Alvarez, he, he wasn't booked softly. Neither was Demetrius. Uh, DJ, I mean, DJ the GJ, that guillotine he sunk in was unbelievable because it was at a weird angle, but he was torquing the shit out of it. And uh, Alvarez just got caught. Timothy just just cracked him. It doesn't mean that Alvarez is necessarily washed. Guys get caught. And it, it, the thing is, 1FC has a lot of talent. And that was, those weren't even the best fights on the card. That 1FC card was really good. And the best fight on the card was um, Angel Lee taking her first Yo, which is crazy because i thought that fight was over she had like an arm bar in that was deep Look, and then i ends up getting stopped the next round zing jung yang is is she's tough as shit because she her whole game plan was from the beginning was to take angela into deep water and you could tell like she was trying to get her to dispense her energy standing up you know, she was a little bit bigger. Angela had, had not fought at that weight before, so she was carrying some extra pounds. But when Angela took her down in the fourth and put in that, it was like a it was a it was a armbar triangle combination. Yeah, and this, that shit was crazy. Then she went to the belly down armbar, and if you've seen Angela Lee fight before, she finishes people like she's really good at this. For this woman to endure this kind of submission transitions for over. What was it 90 seconds yeah. and make it out of the round and was just like, all right, let's do this shit. And then just pummeled Angela from pillar to post to get the stoppage. Uh, it was, un it was an unbelievable fight. Like for those of you who don't watch one, you should start watching it. And I don't watch it as much as I do as I should, because it comes on at a weird hour. Um, but if you download the app, you watch the fights for free. 
And I yeah. watched that. I woke up in the morning and watched that fight for free. So one FC is making a lot of moves, man. I mean, Shinya Aoki, a guy who should have been washed, gets wins the lightweight title back in the main event. Like it's this whole thing was ridiculous. But it's <laughs> and the production was great. It felt like I was watching Pride all over again. If you haven't watched one, do so now. Yeah, man. Like you said, it's free. And you can squeeze it in, play it in the background. You, I'm telling you, some stuff will catch your eye and you will be hooked. Dude, uh, dude, before, good night of fights. Before you take a break, we do have to talk about the harbinger of violence, though. Justin Gaethje. Holy shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Just... <sighs> constant, constant pressure. And Edson Barboza had no answer for it. He tried. The, the leg kicks back and forth scared the shit out of me. Before the finish, like, it was like two guys with shotguns just shooting each other in the legs. Man. And Gaethje buckled right before he landed the knockout punch, which which was a beautiful counter, man. And, and Barbosa is one hell of a striker, but on the hands, Gaethje was eating more than a few to give his shot, and Barbosa just could not get a breath. It was like a wet blanket on top of him. He couldn't well, do shit against it. So there's two things. One, there is no question that Justin Gaethje is the most exciting fighter in, the, in MMA, period. As that, I never want to see him on a pay-per-view. I only there's, want him headlining ESPN cards. There's no question. Two, a composed Justin Gaethje is what we saw against Edson Barbosa is fucking scary. Because <laughs> Justin Gaethje, who just goes balls to the wall and just doesn't care if he gets cracked back, who says, you know, I like getting hurt, that needed to change because obviously – he was taking a lot of punishment, guys like Dustin Poirier, guys, you know, like he was taking a lot of punishment. But against Barbosa, like you could see him take a step back, take a breath, compose himself, find those strikes, whip those leg kicks. That version of Justin Gaethje could be a problem for somebody like Khabib. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, Khabib, if Khabib takes him down, different story. But Justin Gaethje, I mean, when it comes to the leg kicks and the violence that he brings standing up, you have to be really composed to deal with that. And it shows you how good somebody like Dustin Poirier is. But if if Gaethje has found the second win and has figured out, like, I don't need to get hit all the goddamn time, yo, lightweight division's on notice. Because yeah, and his form of defense is so odd because he just keeps his arms real snug yeah. to his head and marches forward. But it works yeah. so well. And, and I mean, he said it. He rolls with punches, and he really does. Listen, you there's there's no amount of money that you could pay me that I would not watch. Well, you have to pay me like a million dollars. But to not watch Max Holloway versus Justin Gaethje, if Max Holloway beats Dustin Poirier next week, Max Holloway versus Justin Gaethje. Last time I checked, Tony Ferguson ain't doing shit. Can we get that first? Well, see, we don't know where Tony Taylor's at right now. I don't know either, but Justin will figure it out. (laughs) <laughs> like sooner or later, like if there's nothing to get you more focused than realizing Justin Gaethje's coming at you in a couple weeks. I mean, is there anybody in the lightweight division you don't want to see Justin Gaethje fight? Conor McGregor, come fight Justin Gaethje. Oh I, shit! Yeah, I mean, and he's a, he's probably the only poor stand-up matchup for Conor McGregor. By the way, he's like. I don't want to say he's the Arturo Gotti of MMA because Arturo Gotti did lose a lot of fights. And Arturo Gotti was always known for being in wars and he was outclassed by the better fighters. I don't want to go that far because Justin Gaethje still has a lot to give. Um, and I think he's he's a little bit better technique wise than Gotti was. But Gotti was just never in a fucking boring fight. And Gaethje is just not in his DNA to have a crappy fight. It just it just isn't. So 
the heart the, he needs, like the highlight would no he's the harbinger of violence cuz you're going to get hurt fighting Justin Gaethje. There's just no way out of it. Yeah. Unbelievable. If you're scared to get hit, he's not the guy to fight. No. Like you not have at to all. go in there and know like, yo, he's going to fuck me up, but I might have a chance to stop him. Unbelievable, man. And that's it. Yeah, so that that was amazing, man. That was a great fight. Can't wait to see who they book him with next. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's Mania weekend, so we got to cover all of the major wrestling cards this weekend and give you guys a few low-key indie matches to check out and let you kind of know what we're doing this week in NYC. So stay there, talking all things Mania when we come back from the break. Make sure you guys show your support for the show by clicking on patreon.com slash the corner podcast and showing support for both Andreas and myself. We're trying to bring you guys exclusive content for the new year. That means exclusive shows, guest interviews, fan appreciation episodes, a little bit of everything on a weekly basis. And the way you get that is by signing up on patreon.com slash the corner podcast. There's different tiers, whether you guys want to donate $5, $10, or $15 a month, you guys get exclusive content and access to us, yes, both Andres and I, every single week. And this way, we can bring you guys the stuff that you want, such as merch, live shows, and even bigger episodes of The Corner Podcast in 2019. Welcome back, everybody. It is all things media here on The Corner Podcast. Like I said, to open the show, I am in New York already. Andreas is about to catch that flight. Might have to find a brunch spot for tomorrow before stuff starts to get hectic. And he's running around town uh, writing for Sporting News and being the busiest man on Mania Weekend. So if we find a brunch spot, we'll let you guys know. Trust me, we want Corner Club to come and chill with us. I know a lot of you guys are here in town. We got to link up for something, drink something out there. Um, Dre, one place people can catch us at on Thursday night, Wale Mania. Oh, man. And the live, live Wrestle Rap podcast show with Emilio Sparks and Kaz. So that's going to be a, a dope show, man. It's so many guests. I can't even run through all, through them all. Uh, performances, Wale. Um, Mech is on the, on the turntables. We, yeah. we just, oh, man. So, so many good artists and wrestlers and then of course a million cans who are always entertaining it's going to be one hell of a night from seven o'clock to god knows when yeah man so i guess by the time this podcast comes out my uh big feature on wale mania will be up on sporting news i talked to wale biggie leo rush kaz smoke dizza um i think that's it i talked to all of them about the uh, the origins of wale mania and how it got to where it is today um and, you know, I talked to Wale Sunday. I've been trying to get in contact with him. We have been playing a little bit of phone tag and uh, told me some interesting bits. One of them I can't share until after WrestleMania because I don't know if it's happening or not. Um, but look, I mean, the, the dude really wanted to create this platform for not only the fans, but for the wrestlers as a, a respite from being so busy traveling that they needed an event to just go hang out and be themselves. Wale told me a story, uh, I think it was last year or the year before when he was performing, probably was last year. Um, no, it was the year before because Samoa Joe was in NXT. And he was performing and Samoa Joe just jumped on stage and started dancing and rhyming all of Wale's lyrics. He was like, that's the shit you want to see. Like, he was like, Samoa Joe looks like a guy who is a no-nonsense guy, but he was cutting loose. You know, so it's, this, is that, this is that type of party. 
I mean, yes, we do have the live podcast. Um, the Bullet Club is going to be in the house, which is a huge booking. Um, and I mean, it's just going to be a good time, man. Like it, they're bridging the gap between hip hop and pro wrestling. That's kind of something that we at the at the Corner Podcast have been trying to do. So to see Wale put that into full effect during WrestleMania weekend, and he wants to turn that into an actual festival. He wants to have Wally Mania become a pro wrestling and hip hop festival at some point um, in the future. So I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. Mecca from Two Dope Boys is going to be DJing. Uh, Smoke Diz is performing. I know Westside Gun's going to be there. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to be tired of shit. I'm taking a red eye tonight to get to New York, and I'm like hitting the ground running. So I'm going to be burnt out by the time Wally Mania comes. But <laughs> ain't nothing that a Red Bull can't cure, man. I'm ready. Yeah, me too, man. Just so much running around. You between you sending the updated like wrestling show itineraries in the group mm. chat and Marcus Vanderberg just bombarding us with weather weather updates <laughs> and letting me know that it's going to rain. And uh, I brought my only jacket that I own. Thank God. So I got Thank one. It's not the warmest thing in the world, but I gotta find like a hoodie in my pop's closet or something um, to rock underneath it, and then I'm good money. Uh, my only bad thing is I don't want to cover up my shirt, so I might right. have to freeze in the name of fashion. But I'm, I'm going to figure that out. Maybe I throw the hoodie under the shirt and keep it old school with it. We're going to figure out a way to be warm, even though it's going to rain. Uh, I got to buy an umbrella. I don't own one of those either. But it, it, like you said, Pack Week is going to be so, so fun. Uh, NXT TakeOver, ROH, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Supercard, um, and WrestleMania are the three big shows. But tons of other little shows going on. You're going to Janela's show one night, I believe? Yeah, so I think I've mentioned it. I am a, doing a profile on MJF, who is signed with All Elite Wrestling. Um, those who don't know, he's a young guy who cuts the hilarious promos. He's like a preppy boy. Um, so I got connected with him through uh, the COO of Fight TV. And uh, he was just like, you know, maybe you can follow her on MJF for the weekend. Conte's MGF, he was like, absolutely. Um, let's do it. Only thing I ask you is that I stay in character. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So, yes, he's got eight, <laughs> he has eight shows this weekend. Um, I, he's starting tonight, actually. And uh, so I'll be at four of them, which is, uh, it's like an independent uh, wrestling TV. He's got two MLW shows. Joy Janela Spring Break 2, the second night, which is taking place directly after the G1 Supercard, which means I have to go from the Garden to White Eagle Hall in New Jersey. Um, I don't know how I'm going to pull this shit off, but I'm going to do that. <laughs> don't take New Jersey Transit. They fucking got me for all my dough today. That mm. shit's wildly, wildly expensive. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to take the path to a few things. I know, like, where I'm staying at in, in, in uh, New York is right by uh, Port Authority, so I'll probably take the path. But, man, like, even, like, the Joey Janela shows, I think it's the Lucha, the Lucha Brothers against, like, the Rock and Roll Express. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. There's just so many weird <laughs> and exciting things going on. I know one show that I won't get to go to, uh, because it's going on the same time as Wally Mania, is the Impact show, which is the Lucha Brothers against RVD and Sabu. And RVD just announced through Sporting News today that he's extended, he signed a, an agreement with Impact. So he will be appearing regularly on Impact now. Impact's making some decent moves, man. No, I'm not mad at Impact. Uh, you know, Jeff, Justin Ivey. 
also in our group chat uh, and on Twitter. You guys, if you follow him, he's an amazing, amazing follow. Uh, not for just music, but for wrestling as well. And he is Mr. Impact. Oh, man. Isn't so it? he keeps me up to date on everything Impact Wrestling and actually got me hyped about some of the storylines, even though he lied to me last week. I went and watched like that weird ass Rosemary storyline. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it was like Final Deletion again, but with women. Was I was like, yo, I was like, Justin, you did me wrong. Like, he took 30 minutes out of my life <laughs> with that one. But outside of that, man, he's spot on with a lot of these uh, Lucha match or Impact matches and uh, especially on the Lucha Bros and everything. So, there, yeah, I expect that card to be really good. Sucks that we can't be there, but it should be really good. Another card it doesn't look like I'm going to catch. Uh, with a match that I really want to see, though. Will Ospreay versus Bandito oh, at, man. at WrestleCon. Yeah. That's going to be... Like, as far as perfect matches for Styles, that, for Ospreay, I, I think that might be his, his best fit since his matches with Ricochet. They're going to do some wild shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's going to be good. I mean... We're obviously going to talk about the three big cards here and give our predictions in a minute. But yeah, Osprey versus Van Bandito looks excellent. I'm upset. I'm also going to miss the the blood Josh Barnett's blood sports show um, that has like Killer Cross versus Davy Boy Smith, Frank Mir versus Dan Severn. Like, what year is it? Uh, <laughs> like Minoru like, <laughs> Suzuki versus Josh Barnett. Like, please tell Suzuki that this is a shoot. Like, he's, like uh, oh, Minoru's going to. There's there's so much goodness that's going to come out of this weekend in terms of these ridiculous shows. There's, I mean, there's Boner Jam Four. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, there's so like there's a ton of shows. I I can't even go through them all, but you know, I just I we'll probably give a recap when we get back. I know I'm hitting a few with MJF. I'm doing I'm doing the WrestleCon show. I know I'm doing the big three. Um, I don't know if I'm going to catch anything in between because I just, it, it's crazy. The, the one thing that sucks about New York is it's too goddamn spread out. It's too hard to get from one place to somewhere else. No, definitely. It, it's almost impossible to see all of the shows you want to see. So, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to catch that WrestleCon show. I don't even know what time that one um, is. It looks like it's 7 p.m. What day is this? Uh, Thursday, 7 p.m., yeah, I'm not catching that. So yeah. there it goes. Another show that I can't catch. So it's just so much on top of each other. And with major promotions just piggybacking off of uh, Mania Weekend, which yeah. is oh, now oh. just a huge weekend for all pro wrestling, not just WWE. I'll say this. Um, the good folks at Fight TV are doing a fight free for, for all, which is they're going to do live look-ins to a lot of the shows. It's like, it's like NFL Red Zone for this weekend. Um, I'm actually going to be a guest. I don't know what day or what time. I have no idea. But I've been invited to be a guest in the studio uh, for this weekend to discuss all things pro wrestling. And they have this amazing package. I think it's like $119. You get to watch every single show that's taking place this weekend. But it's the best way to keep up. Uh, I'm not just saying it because, you know, I have friends over there. But it's like they have everything. Fight TV is the place to be if you're trying to watch these WrestleMania weekend shows. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous. But the free-for-all, I think it'll be good enough for some of the people who are just like, I can't spend that kind of money because it's free. You get the live look-ins. They talk to a lot of the, the talent that's coming through. And uh, it's, it's just OD wrestling. This is the South by Southwest of wrestling. This is something that when I come back 
on Monday and after Raw and SmackDown, I'm going to need to just detoxicate myself from pro wrestling. Oh, yeah, but when? We got the Raw after Mania, SmackDown after Mania, and then still have NXT after that. So you're going to, like, wind down on a Thursday? <laughs> so oh, I don't know. It's, it's bananas to think about all of the stuff going on. Um, I guess it's time to look at the NXT TakeOver card. Uh, it, it start there because that's on Friday at the Barclays Center. It'll be my first time at the Barclays Center, uh, oddly enough, because there's so much boxing there. You would think I would have made my way over there already, but it hasn't happened. So it's going to be fun to be in the building for that. Five matches. I was hoping for six. Um, I'm actually going to get there for the dark matches, though. Not sure what they are, but I want to see. I'm assuming Keith Lee will have a dark match. So that should be pretty fun. Uh, we're starting off, as always, tag teams, War Raiders versus Aleister Black and Ricochet. This is a weird match. It's going to be a fun match. So, all right. So here's my thing. I have no fucking idea what's going on with Aleister Black and Ricochet. Because now they're also in the tag team title, SmackDown tag title match in WrestleMania. And they seem like they're on the main roster, but they yet they still won the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Um, War Raiders haven't wrestled on TV in what feels like forever. Yep. And my weird thing about War Raiders is, I, I don't want to compare them too much to the Authors of Pain because they're better. But there's no place for them on the main roster. Like, their style and who they are, they'll just kind of fall into the blend of everybody else. And I haven't been terribly impressed with them in NXT. Not to say that this won't be a great match, but it is to say that Aleister Black and Ricochet may have more upside on the main roster, so there's no reason for them to win the NXT titles. So I, I see War Raiders retaining, but then it just kind of weakens Ricochet and Black heading into the SmackDown tag title th picture which it feels like they should lose, but I could be completely wrong about this. It's, it's a tag team, like Aleister Black and Ricochet are a tag team that I never thought I wanted, and I still kind of don't want, even though it kind of works in spots. But uh, They're making the best out of an odd pairing yeah, in a bad yeah, situation. That's the best way to put it. Uh, like, I think this match is going to be good. I don't think it's going to be as good as, let's say, like the Revival and DIY matches. But I think this match will be really good and really fun. And obviously, Ricochet is going to bump his ass off for the War Raiders. Um, Black will do some shit as well. But I think War Raiders retain the titles after this. I think so, too. Um, I think this is the farewell for Ricochet and Aleister Black. Usually, people do get farewells at TakeOver cards. Um, yeah, this is just their send-off. And I'm not sure if they felt another tag team was ready or worthy. Um, I don't think you put... You know, just the War Raiders back in there with the Undisputed Era this fast. Right. And that's the only other tag team I, I could see, like, really being worthy of that. So, no, I, I think it was, it was played well. Um, they won the tournament. I, I really wasn't a huge fan of, uh, what was the uh, Forgotten Sons? I don't think anybody is. Yeah, they're trying to make that work. But to me, it still doesn't. So I'm like, oh, all right, well, whatever. That uh, I wasn't invested in that tag team at all. So until maybe, you know, we, we get a better push for some of these other tag teams, this is a good placeholder. It's going to make for an exciting match. It's going to be very ROH-ish. Uh, War Raiders have pretty, pretty good spots. Their tag team wrestling is always really good. 
So I'm all right with it. I think Aleister Black and Ricochet lose. How that sets them up for Mania, I don't know. I don't anticipate them winning at Mania either. <laughs> no. So it's, it's a lot of losses in one weekend for two bright talents that you want to get off on the right foot. It's, yeah. it's not the best way to do it. They don't have to take the pin Mania weekend, though. So that's good. Somebody's going to have to take the pin here. And it's always Ricochet. In uh, the second <laughs> match, always Ricochet. The second match of the night, a match you even want to see, Pete Dunne versus Walter, UK championship. Oh, and uh, I just binged uh, NXT UK. And Look. their contract signing and shit, it's going to be good. This it's is why I perfect, steal the show. This was the perfect example of, of less is more. Like, they, their inter- interactions haven't been extended. They haven't said a whole lot to each other. But when they are in the ring together... And when that contract signing did happen, you could feel it. Like, you could feel the tension. Like, this doesn't, isn't threatening just to be the match of the night. This could be the fucking match of the weekend. Because all we know is that they're going to kill each other heading into this match. That's also, it. worth to note that Pete Dunne, I'm sure, like the Joe Coffee match, he wants to kind of rid people's memory of that. Because even though it was good, there was a lot of botching at the end of it. And so he wants to make up for it. On top of that... Pete Dunne's reign as a UK, NXT UK champion of over 600-plus days is probably coming to an end, which also means that Pete Dunne's probably going to turn the performance of a lifetime. Walter's a guy, if anybody has seen him wrestle Will Ospreys or in Beyond or in PWG, he fucking delivers. It's much more than those chops. The guy is a menace who knows how to use his size to his advantage and tell a phenomenal story. Pete Dunne being the bruiserweight is a little guy who just likes to crack. So these guys are going to fucking kill each other, but I fully expect Walter to walk away with the championship. And us talking about this at this time next year is the great one of the top ten, top five, maybe the top three matches of 2019. No, I agree, man. They're going to hold nothing back. It's going, it's going to be a different feel than any other match this weekend. Because I can't look at any other pairing and say both guys are just going to work stiff the whole time. Maybe some New Japan stuff. I, I don't even see it on that card. This one we know, it, it's going to be a war. It's going to feel like a fight, not a wrestling match. Yeah. And it, it's going to be fun. I, I agree. 680 days is a long-ass time to be champion of anything. So Pete Dunne will move on to bigger and better things, whether that's the main roster, whether that's NXT full-time, um, and Walter would, will reign supreme in... in NXT UK until they figure out someone to challenge him. And I like that. He, he's a guy who should be physically imposing and dominant. Uh, let's just make sure Vince doesn't watch this and, and decide <laughs> to pull him prematurely. He'd be like, oh, I lost Lars Sullivan. Damn it, who's this big man? And Vince brings him in. Like, I, I don't need that. No. Um, next up, women's title match. Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Kari Sane. I expect a few botches. I expect it to be action-packed, though. It's going to be a sprint. I say they give them some good time. And Shayna's dropping the title in my mind. I think Bianca Belair becomes champion. Um, I agree with you that Shayna's going to drop the title, but I don't think it'll be to Bianca. I think it's time for Io Shirai to carry that title. I, I, I totally agree with you with this. This match has the potential to be a fucking train wreck. because <laughs> It's a lot of shit going on. It's a lot going on, and it's not because these women aren't talented. Bianca Belair obviously has probably the biggest upside of any woman in pro wrestling right now due to her sheer athleticism. 
Shayna Baszler has been a work in progress for s- such a long time, but she's kind of finally slid into the role as a great heel. Io Shirai and Kari Sane are two of the best women wrestlers, period. So, but when you put all four of them together and try to have to figure out how they're each going to get their shit in, yeah, we're probably going to get a couple botches in this match. You know, we're probably going to get some miscommunication here and there. But it should be a sprint, maybe 13 minutes of these women bumping around like crazy. But I just think, like, Io Shirai just feels like the right woman to carry the title. I just don't think Bianca's ready to carry that division yet. As much as I like her, I think we saw a lot of takeover in Phoenix where the match was good, but he's like you could tell that she's still really green in some spots. Yeah. And maybe there's a longer payoff for Bianca to get that title a little bit later. But due to seasoning, like if, if the women want to have great matches, which Shayna was not really able to do. Great character, but she wasn't able to have great matches. I don't think you can miss with Io Shirai. I also don't think you can miss if Io Shirai carries the title and ends up feuding with Kyrie Sane, even on some like, this is my homegirl, I'm giving you a title shot. Like, I don't think they can miss with that type of a match. So I think Io comes out with the title. I think this is going to be good. But it has the potential to be a little bumpy in spots, and I think we're going to have a few botches, but should still be fun. Like, I mean, dude, it's NXT. They don't really disappoint us. Yeah, no, it's not going to be a bad match by any means. It's, yeah, it's going to have its little sloppy points, but I, I think it's going to be good. I think we both agree Shayna's out of there and to the main roster at some point. Uh, I don't know where that leaves her. Um, I'm not sure if the other four horsewomen, the other two are ready, but we'll see. If Ronda's off air a little bit more, it would be nice to um have kind of i don't want to call her like a minion or a sidekick but you know you have your enforcer there to kind of fight your feuds for you and come in major pay-per-views so i i think that'd be a better role for ronda going forward as well um so i i think they could work that in to the mix and then uh velveteen dream versus matt riddle i'm expecting matt riddle's best match um and even though that what was it? The Fatal 4-Way to see who was going to the main event at TakeOver? That shit was good. Yeah. For it, for every day, like, run-of-the-mill NXT show, that was a great, great match. And uh, we really got to see a lot of what Matt Riddle brings to the table in those spots. And I expect a lot of that in this match. Pick a winner. Matt Riddle. Um, I'm going to surprise people, but I think even though there's no room on the main roster and EC3 can't get on television or anything, I, I think they pull up Velveteen Dream during this uh, Superstar shakeup. I think this is that. I think it's Dream over in NXT after this, even though he just got the belt. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like Matt Riddle is getting some gold. I agree with you that, that Matt Riddle is going to win this. Um, I think the North American title hasn't necessarily had an identity since it showed up in NXT. And I think what better way to establish this identity is by having somebody like Matt Riddle carry that title through matches against guys like Donovan Dijakovic, Keith Lee, maybe even Pete Dunne. Yep. If Matt, R- Matt Riddle can establish that title and, and be a long-reigning title holder, I think the North American title will have its own definition so picking matt riddle i don't think velveteen dreams going up to the main roster though i do i hope not i do think they're going to find a way to insert him into the main title picture depending on how the main event plays out but i think velveteen dreams going to move on to the nxt title picture and not to the main roster because 
it just there's just no fucking room for him. It really Not is, and he's too, he's too talented. Like he needs, he doesn't necessarily need the work, but he's good when he's working. And I'd rather see him working on NXT than being EC3 and cutting backstage promos. I mean, to be fair, EC3 has cut one backstage promo. You're right, exactly. He's not even doing shit. He's just kind of there. Tyler Breeze was talking this week next to him. While he was doing nothing but sitting there smiling and showing abs. Um, They got a lot to figure out after Mania. Let's talk about this main event, though. Johnny Gargano, now that Tommaso Ciampa's hurt, seems like, you know, he's getting this little uh, NXT run a little while longer. Uh, It was supposed to be the blow-off to him and Ciampa's feud, which I thought Gargano would win. Maybe drop the belt on television, going up to main roster. Now I think it's important to have Adam Cole win. And I understand Gargano winning um, brings a lot to the table. Uh, And I said, and someone corrected me on, you know, I think our last show, that Gargano winning would be a Grand Slam champ. That's not true. Um, He never won the Dusty Road Classic. Now, on the other hand, if Adam Cole wins, they told me he would be a Grand Slam champ. Because with the injury to, um, I was about to say Kyle O'Reilly, but with the injury of Bobby Fish and before the insertion of Roderick Strong, it was Adam Cole pulling double duty. And he won the titles when Roderick Strong turned on um, Pete Dunne that night. And technically, he was a tag team champion and the winner of the Dusty Rhodes Classic. So, it'd be Adam Cole being a Grand Slam champion and atop of the division, which I, I think it's time for Adam Cole to carry this thing. This one, there's so many different trains of thoughts heading into this match. Um, one, it's not going to disappoint. Two out of three falls. Gargano just he just doesn't disappoint next to Takeover. The fucking guy has never had really a bad match at TakeOver. I don't think he's had less than a four-star match at TakeOver. I might have yeah. to get one of those Johnny TakeOver shirts. Yeah, the dude is incredible. Um, it feels like his narrative should have been culminating into him winning the NXT title at TakeOver. So there's that train of thought. The other train of thought is the one that you just mentioned. Adam Cole has, is the guy that felt like he should be NXT champion at some point, but the, the field was so crowded there was nowhere to really shoehorn him in. And if it wasn't for Ciampa getting injured, Cole wouldn't be champion now. He wouldn't be in this position now. The, but the other side of the coin is, and this is not how I'm thinking, but this could be how the WWE is thinking. The Undisputed Era is showing up on Raw after WrestleMania. They would get a massive pop. And the Adam Cole baby pop would be utterly ridiculous if they went that route. I don't want to see it because, as everybody knows, I don't want to see anybody get called to the main roster. <laughs> yeah. But I have a feeling that somebody's looking at this faction, and it, you know, whether it be Vince or and Triple H arguing about it and saying that they had they could fit into Raw or SmackDown right now and immediately enter the main picture. I don't want to see it happen, but that would also mean that Gargano has to win the title. So. I'm on the fence, man. Like all, I'm, I, I fully expect this to be a, a phenomenal match. These two are going to give it to us. I know Adam Cole steps up when the spotlight is on him, and there ain't no brighter light than this one. From his days in PWG and ROH and everywhere else that Adam Cole has been, when the, when the light is shining the brightest, he shows up, and he's going to show up against Gargano. I think he should win the championship. 
I think the Undisputed Arrow could stay in NXT and keep doing their thing. I don't know where Johnny goes. People say 205 Live, but it's such a lateral move for him because you're going from one network show to another. Yeah, I think he just propels that title. They need someone, and no knock against Buddy Murphy, who is a good champion, and he's, you know, he's put on good matches. It's just he hasn't character-wise propelled that title. Yeah, it's so just- I, I need a Leo Rush. I need a Johnny Gargano, like, Gargano as a and as a 205 Live champion makes the brand feel bigger. You need someone to elevate the brand at this point. Enzo was too far in that direction. He brought nothing else. You know, like now we need someone who brings a little bit of both. And Gargano's that guy in my mind. Yeah, just my concern is, you know, when the tree falls in the forest and nobody's around, do people hear it? And at 205 Live's become that show. Like, 205 Live is a show that nobody really gets a chance to watch unless you have the network. So if you're watching NXT, you may be watching 205 Live, but nobody that watches Raw or SmackDown is watching 205 Live. And you need a guy who's capable enough and big enough in name and character to bring it around the main show every now and then. I just, I don't know if that had happened. So, I'm going to say Cole wins. Um, I just, I just, I'm curious about how they're booking these guys moving forward. Um, I don't want to see anybody necessarily leave, but I feel like Johnny Gargano's story is complete if he wins the title or not. I feel like, you know, he's done almost everything that he can do in NXT. Um, I wish it was more like a third brand where I feel like he could just stay like, dude, he's too good. He doesn't need to leave, but it's the way it is, man. There's so much talent rolling in the NXT guys like ACH have showed up now. Um, that, you know, they got to make room. And I think Gargano loses. Uh, and Cole holds that title high at the end of the show. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, let's look. We got to go over to the next one. New Japan uh, Ring of Honor card. I, I still don't know who headlines this card. So it, it's hard to make ends of, okay, what exactly are we going to see here? Um, let me pull it up. G1 Supercard. Sweet. Took a while to find it. So, some we have an Honor Rumble, which I probably won't show up in time for. And then we have Will Ospreay, never openweight champion, versus Jeff Cobb. Oh, boy. Probably match of the night. <laughs> There's some really good matchups. That shit's going to be crazy. Pure wrestling standpoint, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, it's a winner-take-all match, man. And... I feel like, like I've said this before, I really want to see Jeff Cobb do things in New Japan. Yep. Like, Osprey, you know, he's won the junior heavyweight title. Um, and I, he hasn't peaked. Don't get me wrong. Osprey's young as shit. He hasn't peaked. But it feels like Jeff Cobb is a guy who could carry that never open weight title and just beat the shit out of people. Because he's athletic, he's big, um, he just he, he, he has all the tools, man. So I'm picking Jeff Cobb to win this. Um, and take both of the titles and carry them into the to the next level. But yeah, this could be match of the night. I mean, this card is pretty fucking loaded. It might not be match of the night, but it's going to be pretty damn good. No, definitely. If it kicks off the show, that's one hell of a way to start. Um, Roosh versus Dalton Castle. Roosh, um, I, I like him. He impressed me in this Vegas show. Watching him live. I know people are big on him. Uh, LIJ member. Um, or not LIJ. Just LI. Uh, um, the original joint was him and Cien Almas, who's kind of disappeared from WWE television lately. And uh, yeah, man, it, the crew was deep, and I think he has a really bright future in ROH. 
this guy's going to be ROH champion soon. So I think this is a highlight match for him. I agree. I agree. Dalton Castle, um, I feel like they've, I don't want to say they completely missed the mark with him, but I feel like they, they missed their window with Dalton. Um, not completely their fault. Dalton had injuries to deal with. And Castle's in a position to put Roosh over. So I feel like that's going to happen here. Um, should be a good match. I don't think it'll be phenomenal given what's on this card, but I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I think Roosh comes away with the, uh, the victory. Um, Elwatani versus Kelly Klein, Women of Honor. So, all right. Uh, Elwatani retains. I don't have much else to say about that. I saw them wrestle uh, at the Vegas show. Uh, you, you know what? I think Kelly Klein might win this. I can't see another reason why they booked this. Um, she hasn't been able to get over like when she lost to uh, Iwatani at the anniversary show. She kind of disappeared from social media. People wondering what was wrong. And then he went back and booked another match between these two. Don't expect this to be very good. Uh, Iwatani's better than Klein, but I think he might be going in this direction where they're going to put the title on Klein. I'm not mad at it. I mean, either way, I'm all right with. Uh, the match I'm least looking forward to this night, Bully Ray versus Juice Robinson. Man, I'm so pissed off. New York City street fight. <laughs> All that yeah. hype and, and cutting promos and shit, and you give us this? Dog, listen, when they first announced it, you know, people were talking about Flip Gordon, right? But I was like, we just saw Flip Gordon and Bully Ray at the final battle in New York, yeah. which was fun and full of hijinks and shenanigans. But when they booked this match, I looked up and down the car, and I was like, who is missing? And who is missing? Minoru Suzuki. I want to see Bully Ray and Minoru Suzuki beat the shit out of each other in a street fight. And I get fucking Juice Robinson? This is, yeah, this is the match I'm not looking forward to. I hope Mindoro comes out and kills Juice Robinson and takes his spot because I don't care about this match now at all. Yeah, no, I, just, I don't understand Juice's character still. I, I, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not for me. Uh, Ishimori versus Dragon Lee versus Bandido. This it, could be match That shit's going to be fun. I, I don't know what to expect. I'm not sure if the title's going to change hands. That's going to be a fun fucking match. Um, I don't even know who the fuck is going to win this. Dragon, I, I, I mean, I don't think Bandito has a chance for but, a, a New Japan title. So, so okay. So, Dragon, so I also have another interview with Harold Medge, the CEO of New Japan, coming up. When I talked to Harold Medge about a month ago, I've been holding this interview for a while. So Takahashi's working out. He'll be back soon. Wouldn't give me a, t- a window. But Takahashi is going to wrestle again. Dragon Lee's the man who injured him. Ishimori is now the guy hand- handling the title. Feels like Dragon Lee shouldn't be in a position to win this. And Ishimori versus Takahashi is the match you're going to make whenever Takahashi comes back. This match should be full of craziness, bumps, flips, dives. People, these guys are going to kill themselves. Dragon Lee is fucking incredible. Bandito is as well. Ishimori, he just, I, I don't know where, whatever the juice this man is taking, because he's huge to be uh, junior heavyweight. But I think he's going to retain the title in what will be an absolutely awesome match. I kind of hope it's going to be a sprint. I don't need this to last too long, and everybody just gets their shit in. But uh, it could be match of the night. I just, I think Ishimori will win. If Takashi would come back, the roof will come off the building if that happens. Oh, that'd be nuts. Um, so, yeah, if he does come back, I mean, that, that's a good storyline. And this is not a bad match to get there. It's going to be very good. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Dragon Lee to win that. I, 
Damn, that's going to be fun. Uh, we have a winner-take-all four-way tag team match between Gorillas of Destiny, Villain Enterprises, L.I.J., Evil Sonata, and the Briscoes. Oof. Let's go with Gorillas of Destiny. They seem to win all of these. <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh, the man. Uh, I'm, I'm going with the chalk right here. Gorillas of Destiny is always finding themselves winning these. Yeah, see, this is a tough one to pick. Sonata had such a good run in the New Japan Cup, and his match with Okada was excellent. Um, and it feels like Sonata's on the cusp of doing his own thing in a, with LIJ. So I can't pick them. The Briscoes, I just feel like they've done this shit enough. Um, Villain Enterprises are the new, new kids on the block, but they haven't necessarily established themselves in New Japan. So... Kind of with you on this. I think Gorillas of Destiny, they could do the back and forth with ROH and New Japan. Um, they both speak English. Both can carry the titles. Winner take all match. It's a lot of winner take all shit this weekend. Um, WWE has adopted that as well. It's winner take all shit. So I'm going to, yeah, Tamatanga and Tangaloa, I think will find a way to weasel themselves out of this match uh, with, the, with the titles. Um, but I think it'll be pretty fun. Won't be the best match on the card, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm with you on this. Grills of Destiny. Yeah, so, I mean, it'd be nice to see the Briscoes win it, just to give them a reason to go to New Japan, but I think that's a bit lofty. Um, then we have Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tanahashi. British Heavyweight Championship? Uh, I'm just gonna go with Zack Sabre Jr. Oh my god. This... I didn't even know this existed. Like, this ended up as a last-minute addition to the card. And fuck. Like, when they put this match on the card, I was like, oh, this might be the match of the weekend. Probably won't be. It's going to be really good, though. Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say ZSJ wins this, because I can't necessarily see Tanahashi with the British Heavyweight Championship. But uh, <laughs> you never fucking know. Yeah, so it I think, look, you know, doesn't make much sense. I think Zack is going to submit him. I think Zach is going to submit him, so this should be fun. Uh, what's next up? I'm trying to make sure I don't miss anything. Uh, Naito versus Abushi. Oh fuck the rematch! IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Uh, I'm going to say I don't see Abushi in the main title picture anytime soon, and your whole idea of Naito winning G1 and and going back. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom kind of sold me, so I'll have Abushi winning the title here. Hmm. Um, Just anybody, to get off Naito. Anybody saw the New Japan Cups on excellent match between those two in the opening round? But I think Naito gets his get back and retains the title. Um, I, but I, I understand the train of thought here. If Abushi wins, you know, you kind of move him, you move Naito out. But I kind of think Naito wins the G1 as the Intercontinental Champion. So, it's possible. I mean, one way or another, I think Naito versus Jay White or whoever the hell the champion is heading into uh, Wrestle Kingdom next year, I think Naito is finally going to get his title. Um, but on this particular night, I don't think, like, Abushi seems like he, he already had his victory over Naito, and Naito's got to get it back. So I'm going to pick uh, the LIJ guy. All right. Not mad at that. It's just a little longer title reign. It's, once again, another good match. Um, match I don't know what to make of. Jay Lethal versus Marty Skrull versus Matt Taven. Because I, I think... 
I think Marty Scurll has to win. But Taven was booked so strong in that hour-long, ridiculous Las Vegas match that I'm not really sure. You only have Scurll for a limited amount of time, though, and you gave him this whole faction. And it's a triple threat ladder match, so there's shenanigans. Oh, yeah. I'll take Marty Scurll. In anything under 30 minutes, please. Yeah, so... So the thing is, the, the whole story coming out of the, the Lethal Taven match is Taven can't be pinned, which is fucking bizarre to me. Um, but it, you don't have to pin Taven to win this match. You just climb a mat ladder and get the title. So I think, dude, Skrull's got to win the title. If they don't give the title to Skrull at this point, I don't know what we're doing here. Skrull is clearly the guy. The most charismatic. He's great in ring. He's the guy that you need to carry that title. Uh, but yeah. you know he's leaving after a while. So how well, much hitch your wagon to him? I, I mean, you have him for the year. It's only April. He's not out. He, his contract's not up with ROH until next year. So there's that. I don't, I don't want to see Matt Taven with that fucking title. And I think Jay Lethal's had it long enough. So I think Skrull gets the win here uh, and carries the title. Maybe he ends up few with Matt Taven. I don't know. I, I want Matt Taven out of here. But whatever. Yeah, that's... Jay Lethal can't leave the, the building with the belt. That I know. And the, yeah. the time of Lethal is, is over as champion there. Uh, Jay White versus Okada in the main event. <sighs> Jay White wins. He stays red hot. They don't play hot potato, man. It, when he's the guy, he's the guy. They gave him the belt for a reason. Yeah. I mean, Okada's had his time as a champion. I feel like for Jay White to be a made man... Beating Okada and Tanahashi clean would be the way to do it um, on the big show, the G1 show, and, uh, you know, White. I feel like they've hitched their wagon to Jay White. It came a little bit sooner than expected with the departure of Kenny Omega, but, you know, if you're going to do it, fucking roll with it. So, uh, yeah. roll tide. Uh, <laughs> Jay White changed <laughs> against uh, Kazushka Okada. What I think will be Jay White's best match to date. Ah, man, I hope so. He needs it on this platform. He really yeah. does. So um, I'm hoping so. And Okada's Okada. So, yeah, man. It, if they give us a five-star match, I, they should blow my mind. I'll just be so happy. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, Jay White has to grow into that role. They think he can. So they saw the same thing in Kenny Omega, from the sweeper to where he is now, right? So uh, until they miss one of these things, I'm going to give the whole crew over there in New Japan, benefit of the doubt. Um, and, of course, the weekend itself finishes off with WrestleMania 35 right here from New Jersey in the rain outdoors. Sounds a lot of fun. Um, so we have a pack card for that as well. I don't even know where to start. It's a WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Dude, there's 15 matches on this card. Uh, there might be 16. Why is there only 15? I, I feel like one more is in there somewhere. I thought there was 16. It's, it's a long-ass day. And I got to oh, eat that expensive-ass food. I have, I'm going to have to find a way to, like, sneak back to catering. So, for the record, everybody, I stopped pursuing tickets through our contacts over at The Zone because I kept looking at the weather, and I was like, dude, to be outside for, like, eight hours? Nah, I'm okay. So... I'm going to be in the media, in the press box. And for usually I don't necessarily like the press box because you're high up and you're kind of watching on the screen. 
but it's going to be catered and it's going to be food and I have my computer. So I'm going to be happy because this is going to be a long fucking day. And I'm pretty sure by the time WrestleMania rolls around, I'm going to be pooped the fuck out. Because I just there's just no way in hell that WrestleMania is going to be as good as the shows that I'm watching Saturday and Friday. I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. That being said, 15 fucking matches is a lot of matches. But I'm going to need you to sneak me some of that catering. <laughs> That's all you did I got out of this whole opening statement. Is, y'all, what if Drake can sneak me some of this catering, though? I will say that this WrestleMania has potential. I, some of the builds have been baffling. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see what happens. So we'll start. We'll do the tag team titles. So tag team, not the women's battle royal. No, no, no. no fuck the <laughs> women's battle royal. Look, women's battle royal. Oscar's gonna win. If she doesn't win, I'm rioting. Fucking, okay. this is bullshit. So we'll move on. Um, let's start with actually the women's tag titles, because Boston Hug Connection versus the newly anointed Divas of Doom, Beth Phoenix and Natalia, uh, the Iconics, and Nia Jax and Tamina. I feel like. It is time to put the titles on the Iconics. I know yes. this is not a popular yes. decision. Oh, no, it's popular with me. I'm ready for it. I wanted to win that shit in the first place. I am all in on the Iconics. I feel like, I've always said this, there's nothing better than baby faces chasing heel champions. But what makes heel champions even better are cowards. And <laughs> the Iconics, in a four-way match, can find a way to steal the win and be annoying as shit with the titles. They kind of remind me, not necessarily with their in-ring, but their overall personas of Edge and Christian. Yep. And when Edge and Christian carried those tag titles, everybody wanted them to lose, and they would not lose. Like, I'm every watching time. WrestleMania. Over the Dudleys, over the Hardys, people were Every pissed. time. <laughs> WrestleMania 17, I'm wa- I just finished watching TLC 2, which was fucking bananas. And they won. And I remember how mad I was. I was like, what the fuck? The Iconics are in that same spot. They need some work in the ring. And it, tag teams like Sasha and Bailey will do their best to make them look good. And this match might suck. But I think they find a way to put those titles on the Iconics. And I think we have a fun little run with them for as long as they carry them. I, I'm all with it. I was picking the Iconics anyway. Like, I, I am ready for them to be champions. I was telling my daughter all week, like, yes, I can't wait. I hope the Iconics wins. And she can't stand the Iconics. And I was like, even better. That's, that's, why, that's why they're so great. I was like, and you need that sometimes. You got to get the ear of the youth. They're booking yep. for them. And she can't stand the Iconics. I was like, yes. I was like, that, that means they're doing something right. That means that they should be champions. And honestly, I don't want to see Bailey and Sasha as a team anymore. I want to see them going to Superstar Shake-Up. I want to see them broken up. Because you're going to need new feuds for, these, for the women's title. It looks like if we have one. And one person holding both of them, which we'll get to here shortly. Um, I, I think it's time to see a heel Sasha Banks. It's a way better character. I mean, you so, might be right. I can't even book that far in the future. All I'm but saying yeah, is- I mean, I just, I just want a split. I don't care. Yeah, uh, and the Shake-Up is like two weeks away. So... Right. Just, just get them the hell away from each other, and then we'll figure it out from there. Um, but, yeah, I give that to the Iconics. The Met SmackDown Tag Team Championship is also a four-way match. I think a couple months ago when I was booking a ton of triple threats and four-ways, you're like, get the hell out of here. Well, Dre, everyone's getting squeezed into this damn thing. Um, Usos versus Ricochet and Aleister Black versus The Bar versus Shinsuke and Rusev. At least Shinsuke is on the card. 
<laughs> Let's, let me yeah. start there. Um, there's no reason for the Usos not to retain. So the they're punishing them by putting in this match. And yeah, I know you just said they're squeezing everybody in the card, but you know who's not on this fucking card? Kevin Owens. And I'll be I'm disgusted. But anyway. I, I think if Kofi wins, Kevin Owens fucks him up. And that's very possible. But uh yeah, I don't think there's any reason that Usho should lose the title. Um I think this will be a fun little match. And I say little because I don't think it'll be longer than like eleven minutes. Um but I think the Usos retain. Yeah, that should be pretty good. Uh, let's see. We're trying to run down the rest of these. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, which I think will be early on in the day. Um, Kofi wins or re-riot? None else the, to say. Uh, look, they've, put, they've booked this shit so tough that it's almost impossible for Kofi to lose. Because, <laughs> I like, mean, the heat Daniel Bryan would catch, though? Oh, uh, shit. And you know Daniel Bryan wants to put him over. Like, I just, I have a feeling that Daniel Bryan's the guy backstage, like, put Kofi over. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, he feels like that kind of guy. But the way they went about booking this, it's, I don't want to say they've booked themselves into a corner, but there's really no way out but giving Kofi the title. And that's our feel, real, real feel-good moment of WrestleMania. Yeah, I know we're talking about Becky Lynch and the women main eventing, which could possibly have a swerve. But this, if there's no other sure thing on this fucking card, it's Kofi winning this title. Yeah. He has to. So, yeah, Kofi wins or we ride. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Roman Reigns isn't losing at WrestleMania. I don't think so. I mean, he could, but I doubt it. Uh, yeah, Drew, I mean, this was kind of slapped together because, you know, Roman's back. Um, I don't expect this to be, like, an amazing match. Could surprise us. But, yeah, I figure Roman's going to I think it'll be match. pretty good. I mean, just two powerhouses beating the shit out of each other for eight minutes. I don't see Roman going long. No. But I, I think it'll be a good, like, little sprint of powerhouses. They'll get... They'll both get their moves in. Um, Demon Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, I'm now booking the Demon as over under five minutes. I'm so, yeah. under squash match. I think this is we've got we've gotten to this weird point with the Demon is that now we expect squash matches. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like the wrong way to book them though, like because because yeah. like the Demon lost in NXT. You know, or the Demon had longer matches in NXT. So, hopefully, like, for the sake of this card, the length of this card, I'd say it's a squash match. Like, 15 matches, we need one squash. But squash with Bobby Lashley just doesn't seem realistic. So, I think the Demon wins. I mean, it makes uh, the Demon look really fucking good. It, yeah, it does. But, but then it, Almost it, to the point of unbeatable. Like, it becomes a right. crazy. Because then you say, well, shit, why don't you just book the fucking Demon every week? Like, what's <laughs> the point? Like, what's the point? <laughs> So why is this guy out here in a leather jacket? Yeah, you know, so like Brian Campbell said, he like he likes leather jacket Finn better than Demon Finn. Me and Brian oh, gonna talk when I see yeah, him. Yeah, no, no one. I mean, leather jacket Finn is not bad, but no, Demon Finn is way better. So yeah, I think I think Demon Finn wins. Maybe Leo Rush costs him, and we finally get the split of Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley. But uh, I feel like one way or another, Finn Balor has to come away with the IC title. Please, at least give two hundred five live Leo Rush. At least. Please, let the man go on and get a title. And then still be on the main roster. Just someone who could wear the belt on the main roster. And Leo deserves a nice little solo push. Um, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. Slap together. Samoa Joe wins. Yeah. Rey Mysterio pulling out because it's WrestleMania and uh, Babyface winning. But no, I think Joe has has some more havoc to wreak with that belt. Yeah, I, I figured, like, 
they finally put Joe in a spot where he, he can carry a title and really establish it, and whoever gets it off of him should have to earn it. And I don't think Ray's that guy. I think Ray's the guy who's going to come in and just get the shit beat out of him. I think it'll be a good match. Um, but I think, yeah, there's no reason there's, there's no reason to take this title off of Joe for in the near future. doesn't mean that WWE won't do something stupid and take the title off of him anyway. But I feel like Joe is in the right place. Cuts amazing promos. He's an amazing talent in the ring. I keep saying he's one of my favorite wrestlers. So no reason he should lose this match. I agree. Uh, Andre the Giant, Memorial Battle Royal. I don't care. Uh, give me one of the kids from SNL. I really don't give a I, shit. One of the kids from SNL secretly like sneaking behind Braun Strowman and eliminate him and pissing off Strowman. Dog, I'm not even picking a winner. I just don't <laughs> think Strowman's, I don't think Strowman's going to win. And because you have you know Michael Che in this match, like you got the SNL guys in this match, it's a fucking joke. So don't care. This will be the time where I'm eating, um, editing our live vlog, something. I yeah, I'm be going to warm up at that time because I know I'm going to be freezing. Yeah. Uh, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. I think this is going to be a sneaky good match. I think Orton's invested. Yeah, I agree with you. And the promo work was good. And, and I think this is really a match where Orton's like, you know what? This shit could have happened in 2004 when we were both like rolling. 2005. And uh, I think he's going to bring it. I think this will be his best like WrestleMania match since, um, since who was that? Seth Rollins. Which was a good opening match. Um, yeah. yeah, I expect a lot out of this. This this shit's going to surprise a lot of people. So I really like it. And I'm picking Randy Orton to win. Because AJ Styles doing 450 splash into RKO is way too good to pass up. But uh, it's going to be a good match for both guys. Yeah, um, I'm having a hard time picking a winner. Until I saw Randy Orton catch AJ Styles in the RKO for the Phenomenal Forum on SmackDown. Then I was like, uh, okay, well... Probably going to go with uh, AJ Styles now because I was originally going with Orton. Neither guy necessarily needs to win, which is a good thing, which makes this a little bit unpredictable. So I think you're absolutely right. I think we're going to get a sneaky good match. I think Orton's going to bring it. Styles, obviously one of the best performers of this generation. Um, And I think these guys find a way to have one of the best matches on the card. I'm going to go ahead and say AJ Styles gets the win, though. All right. We got Shane versus The Miz. False count anywhere. Miz wins. Like, there's no reason for Shane McMahon to take a win. You know what? I'm picking Shane. Oh, God. With, with the help of Sanity? To set up Sanity as this big no, faction and give him no. a program after? No, no, I'm not doing that. God. I don't. Jesus Christ. And lose to fucking Miz. Right. That's. Oh, what the fuck? Anyway. Bring um, Killian Dane, send him to NXT UK. I need, a, I need a Killian Dane versus Walter program. Stat. I feel like like a Miz is another guy. Like this feel like every every match doesn't have a feel good moment. It it doesn't need to, and I feel like this Miz Shane program is not over, right? I feel like Shane's gonna this false count anywhere stipulation is a way to get Shane to win this match, and keep the heat because if the Miz wins, where does he really go from here? He's a baby face, but he's only a baby face because he's dealing with a McMahon. Otherwise, he's always been a much better heel. The other reason why he's a babyface is he's fucking amazing on Miz and Mrs. If anybody's watched that reality show, like, I like, watched like four episodes the other day. It's actually like, pretty good. Yeah, like I get why he's a babyface heading into WrestleMania to promote the shit out of the show. But if he goes against anybody else, I don't necessarily see him being the same type of babyface. So I think we keep the fire on Shane and we, we bring the babyface heat with the Miz 
and they have a rematch at Payback, whatever the next pay-per-view is. I think something happens where Shane underhandedly finds a way to win this match. The next pay-per-view is Saudi Arabia. Fuck that pay-per-view. <laughs> I knew we were going that way. Uh, fuck this next match. Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Listen, if, if John Cena... <laughs> look, look, I don't... I, this is another match I don't care, and I fucking love Kurt Angle. Perk Angle was amazing. If anybody saw my posts on Twitter and somebody that I retweeted, somebody was posting clips of Kurt in TNA when he was clearly on Percocets and doing the craziest shit ever. Kurt Angle's an amazing performer. He deserves better than Baron Corbin. He's had really good opponents the past three weeks. Right, to get to Baron Corbin. To get to Baron Corbin. Listen, if John Cena does not pull up in in like a forklift or some shit and lock Baron Corbin in his dressing room and run out and have the... Come on, guys. Like, this is... how? What the fuck? John Cena was introduced to the WWE with Kurt Angle. Why would you not book this at WrestleMania to be Kurt Angle's farewell match? It, it, it's no easier than this. And the fucking the bullshit they did on Raw, I'm going off on a rant here. The bullshit they did on Raw to have Raw close the show with fucking Baron Corbin and not have John Cena. Like, I don't, what the fuck are we doing? I, dog. I'm going to really piss you off after this rant. But John Cena. John Cena needs to, to, to come out and have this match with Kurt because it's the best farewell you can give Kurt. But if you're going to ask me to pick a winner in this match, Kurt's got to lose. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. I'm glad I'm not going to piss you off. Corbin's going to win. After Kurt beats Samoa Joe, after Kurt beats, fuck, everyone. He's, AJ Styles at one point, Kurt just beat. What? Corbin's going to go over clean <sighs> and take all the heat. What's the plan? Like, Corbin sucks, yeah, right? Well, and I mean, they don't think so. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, WrestleMania without John Cena is weird enough as it is. This is the one match that you can do right. Yeah. And you can have John Cena and Kurt Angle. Like, the Alpha and the Omega. Someone's coming back to beat up Elias, so don't count Cena out yet. Christ. I'm just saying, so Elias is a heel again for a reason with the guitar and hosting a concert. He's getting fucked up by some, some veteran. Um, Triple H versus Batista. Boy, the Batista cutting up a promo on Monday and only said like six words. That's it. Um, Batista I still re- got it a little bit. Dog, I really want Batista to win this match. I <laughs> no really one goes over on trips. I just, <laughs> well, Sting look, couldn't go over on trips. Well, look, I, you know, we just did our, our fact sheet on, on Sport News where we have everybody's win-losses records from WrestleMania. Triple H is 9-13 and 13 at WrestleMania. So he does lose at WrestleMania a lot. He got squashed by the Warrior. He lost to John Cena. lost to Chris Benoit. He, lose, he lost to Undertaker twice, three times. Um, there's, there's reason for Triple H to go over on Batista here. But I think I just would really like to see Batista win this match. Because, fuck it, both of them don't need to wrestle anymore. And Triple H has done everything he can do. And I don't know what a proper farewell for him would be. But he'll probably win. But I just, I really want to see Batista win. After that promo, I was like, yeah, I want to see Batista win. And I'm actually kind of interested in this match now. Because once you put that whole no-holds-barred stipulation, it ain't about wrestling anymore. It's about beating the shit out of each other. I think we might get color in this match. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. Bring it back. I need it all. So, Trips versus Batista. Um, let's see. Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese is on here. 
Buddy Murphy is winning that. That's going to be on pre-show. No need to talk about that. Uh, Rousey versus Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. Look, if, if they, if this, this feud was boring on exhausting until Monday night when these women beat the shit out of the cops in one of the most entertaining <laughs> segments this year. Ronda was driving like, with no hands. Look, look, there were people like, oh, was suspending disbelief because if they, like, I don't, fuck, I don't care about them being black or the top. Like, it has nothing to do with that. This shit was fun. Ronda's like yelling, we pay your, we pay your taxes or whatever she was yelling. Charlotte pays your salary. <laughs> no, Charlotte kneeing Ronda in the face when her head was sticking out of the car. The cops being so stupid that they put Becky and Ronda in the same vehicle. Ronda finding a way to maneuver herself into the driver's seat and driving the car in the middle of Charlotte. Charlotte jumping out of the cop car and like, hey, Becky, and just kicking her. Like, this was so much fun. This was the best thing that they did with this feud since Becky got color herself. Um, the right thing to do would be to, to end this with Becky holding both titles, right? Yeah. I mean, and you got to consolidate the titles. Yeah. And the rumor is that Ronda's leaving, and nobody wants to see Charlotte win and hold. A, like, if this wasn't the main event, I would it shock you if Charlotte won? No, it wouldn't. But it's it would shock me more because if it wasn't the main event, if it was like in the middle of the card, I could see Charlotte winning. But I think they want to send everybody home happy, so I'm going to pick Becky to win. But I wouldn't be surprised if Ronda won this match. I really wouldn't. Word. Um. Oh. It would do wonders for Ronda's character as a heel to keep this rolling. And then if you look to bring in a Shayna and, you know, you just bring in the horsewomen and her and her crew are now running roughshod over Becky and it doesn't have to be Becky versus McMahon, that, that drags this on another six months. And you're printing money. It gives a new breath of fresh air. But why not go with Becky? Like... It's her moment. Um, yeah, just the man on stage holding up both belts. Sometimes you just got to go with what's obvious, and that's yeah. obvious. So I'm giving Becky Lynch to win. Um, I completely skipped over the last thing. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I mean... Seth has to lose. You only have so many people. <laughs> like, we're, we're sacrificing Seth. Sorry, Seth, but you're not burning it down tonight. You are, you are making a very great point here. Everything can't be fucking happy. If Becky wins, Seth has to lose. I just yeah. like there's there's no way that Kofi, Becky, and Seth should all win. Like we can't have all happy endings. Um, and Brock winning the title would piss a lot of people off. But he's not in the main event, so him winning the title will get forgotten once Kofi wins and with Becky winning. So you got to sit like somebody's got to be the, the scapegoat here. And I hate it has to be Seth because I really like Seth. But fuck it. Right, <laughs> that's that's where we are. Like, listen, if someone got to take the fall, Seth, you got to take the fall, my man. It's all right. Get Brock back at the next pay per view or something. Yeah, it's like, hey, hey this is what it is, man. Yeah, like, yeah. look, be, be him in Saudi Arabia. The hell with it. Fuck Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but uh, Seth, Seth has to lose to the beast, and and of course, in traditional fashion, he did the two low blows. He got the finisher on Brock last week. That usually points to you losing. Yeah, the reverse seed. But I think it'll be fun, though. I'll tell you what. Like, Brock against smaller guys has just been really fun matches. So oh, I yeah. think Seth is going to be a lot of heart-stopping shit going on in this match. Um, 
But yeah, I, f- I think Brock's just gonna f five him to death and turn him to dust. And I like we all love Seth Rollins, and I, I actually wouldn't mind Seth being the champ again. I think he's great. Yeah, just but, not tonight. You need Kofi no, to win. The not bigger tonight. issue is the bigger is here's like he's the, the business side of it. If Brock isn't the champion, the fuck is he doing? He's, he's going to fight Cormier. Right. So, but until then, he's collecting these WWE yeah. checks. And if he's going to be in the WWE, drop that. Drop it in three weeks. I'm good. Yeah. Yep. So Seth has to lose that match. Um, that's Mania Weekend, though. When we come back next week, we'll recap everything that's going on. Uh, I'm going to be taking videos for Wale Mania or at Wale Mania. Um, when we are there, some cool you know, photos, videos, and all that stuff. I'm throw that up on Patreon for everyone. Corner Club people who can't come or didn't make the trip so you guys can see our experience firsthand at Wale Mania. So those will be up uh, Friday morning for you guys to enjoy. This podcast will be up on Thursday morning, a day early. So it's a great week. We're going to hit the ground running. I got to get to this Yankees game. Dre, you got to prepare for your flight. Yep. You guys follow us on social media at The Corner LSN on all platforms. Subscribe to our Patreon, The Corner Podcast. Shout out to everyone that's on there. Love you guys. It's been like a, a crazy couple weeks for me uh, with the wedding really ramping up. So we're getting back on the Patreon heavy this week, bringing you guys a lot of cool exclusive content on there. If you guys don't have it, sign up. It's a great way to show support for us. We got a lot of big stuff in the works coming up in the next couple weeks. Thanks to the guys who signed up for the Patreon, allowing us to do what we have to do to grow the podcast. So big announcements coming uh, once, you know, once Dre gives me the green light. I'm I'm a horrible secret keeper, but, you know, Dre's the king of that. So I'm rolling with him. And make sure you follow us individually on Twitter, at Kel Dansby, at Andreas Hale. That's our show for today, man. We're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.